You're listening to the IQVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Hello, and welcome to the One Key Reference Assets Business Insights podcast channel, where we discuss the latest trends occurring in healthcare professional and organization landscape. I hope everyone enjoyed part one of our three-part series. Today, we will continue to talk about trends in prescriptive authority with a focus on optometrist and psychologist. My name is Chantel Kelly. I'm IQVIA's Associate Director for One Key Reference Data, and joining me today is Liz Updike. Liz is IQVIA's Director and Senior Managing Attorney for the State Services Group and is here to share with us the trends she has been seeing. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. Hi, Chantel. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again with you and to help our listeners understand the current trends for these two types of prescribers. Thanks, Liz. We received a lot of great feedback from part one of our podcast. I hope part two is even better. There's a lot of things happening with optometrists in terms of being able to write prescriptions. Can you share with us what you're seeing? Absolutely, my pleasure. Uh, Just to lay the foundation, this group of prescribers, they've had prescriptive authority for quite some time. So um, that in and of itself is not new, but there are changes occurring within that particular authority. Uh, So I'll give you a couple of examples. In Maryland, the inclusionary formulary was removed in March of 2020. Uh, The effect that this had was that it expanded the prescriptive authority and and didn't limit them to any type of particular medications. Um, There were training requirements always existed, but now they have expanding prescriptive authority based upon that training. So the statutes particularly read, uh, a therapeutically certified optometrist can administer and prescribe topical therapeutical pharmaceutical agents with limitations of certain types of products. Uh, Some examples of those were ocular antihistamines, decongestants, antibiotics, things of that nature. In 2020, the change came about by stating a therapeutically certified optometrist can administer and prescribe these pharmaceutical agents for the prevention, management, or treatment of conditions and diseases of the eye. So you can see it's just very broad language. Um, they're, They're really not limiting them much. Um, In Massachusetts, there are two different types of optometrists. There's a TPA, a therapeutic pharmaceutical uh, agent, and there's a GC, which is a glaucoma certification. In January of 21, an optometrist with TPA can only prescribe uh, Schedule 6 legend drugs. Um, Those with a GC can also prescribe 3 through 5 controlled substances. So again, broadening that. Um, prescriptive ability uh, with those two different types of optometrists. In Texas, likewise, we had therapeutic optometrists, and what they did there is they included oral medications. Um, Before, it was just topical, and also uh, they are now including optometrists with glaucoma specialties. So the statutes and regs read that they can use and prescribe topical and oral therapeutic pharmaceutical agents now. Um, including those placed in schedules three through six for diagnosing, treating glaucoma, other ocular abnormalities. Um, They can prescribe all necessary eye-related medications, including oral anti-infective meds, 
Um, they still cannot prescribe medications for the treatment of systemic diseases, invasive surgical procedures, uh, anything that is administered by injection or an opioid. Thanks, Liz. That was a lot of great information. There's a lot of people living with glaucoma and regulations like the ones that you mentioned make getting access to care easier. I am from Texas, so it's, it's great to know that we are um, in the process of, of moving forward with that initiative. Where do you think the industry is headed in terms of optometrists and their ability to prescribe? Right. So looking forward, um, we have a couple of states that have just made some changes this year. So Washington is one of those effective in July of this year. Uh, the state gave optometrists explicit authorization for the use of samples. They removed the exclusionary formulary again uh, in the statute. The regulations still haven't caught up. Uh, they still have that exclusionary formulary in there, but they're going to update that. So then they'll match. So again, broadening all of that um, sampling and what the types of medications they can prescribe. Texas, likewise, again, uh, in May of this year, the inclusionary formularies uh, for both of the, the TPAs and the GCs were removed. This expands um, the prescriptive authority, again, including the oral pharmaceutical agents, um, to the already existing ability to administer and prescribe devices and OTC medications. Uh, and lastly, in New York, effective soon to be in October of 23, um, the optometrist inclusionary formulary will be expanded. Um, so you can see some states, they're removing them completely. Here, they're going to expand them. They have what they call phase one and phase two optometrists. Phase ones can prescribe immunosuppressive agents. Uh, anything for ocular inflammation. Phase two can prescribe medications to treat glaucoma. Um, so the phase one are really, you know, the drugs are going to be limited to topical applications on the surface of the eye, um, and they're, they're going to be limited to certain types of substances. Uh, for the phase two, those are the drugs that will be limited, again, to the topical application to the surface of the eye. And once again, they'll limit the types of substances there. Thanks, Liz. And now that we've covered optometrists and what the future looks like in that space, let's talk about psychologists. Psychologists have received a boost in prescriptive authority in various states as mental health continues to be a key focus in the U.S. Can you talk a little bit about the changes you've seen over the years with psychologists gaining the ability to prescribe? Absolutely. So currently there are five states where psychologists have prescriptive authority with certain hours of training and additional certifications. Uh, New Mexico, Louisiana, Illinois, Iowa, and Idaho. New Mexico as far back as 2002. So you can see that that's pretty old. Idaho as recently as 2017. Um, the number of states that, that are in this bucket are going to grow. There are five states that currently have legislation pending to authorize psychologists to prescribe. Generally, this group of folks are limited to prescribing psychotropic medications, as you would suspect, um, to, to treat any type of uh, mental disorder. So why psychologists are given prescriptive authority? Uh, I thought that Hawaii and Washington with their legislation pending really laid out 
the reasoning that we're seeing um, behind this group, but it also tags to, to the other groups that we've talked about. Um, it boils down to a need for more access to mental health services, especially individuals living in underserved communities. Uh, just that lack of access to mental health care can have a devastating impact, as we know. So specifically, Hawaii said the legislature finds that there's a significant shortage of prescribing mental health care providers available to serve the needs of Hawaii's people. Um, and that basically the, the needs outweigh the present capacity uh, of prescribers. They also went on to state that one in five adults experience a mental illness each year and that more than half of the adults uh, report that COVID-19 again had a negative impact. So we, we have a lot of um, new issues that cropped up during the year and then, you know, again, not as many providers to help serve the community. Thanks, Liz. We have come so far from acknowledging mental health and understanding how important it is. I know I personally dedicate one day a week to focus on my self-care. On this day, I try and do nothing, but if I must do something, I at least like to do stuff that I enjoy, like watching a movie or cooking or listening to music or even going on a nice walk. It's so important that we take the time for ourselves, even if we have to plan it. So speaking of planning, where do you think psychologists go from here in terms of prescriptive authority? So again, a lot of activity this year, uh, Colorado, Arizona, Hawaii, Texas again, Washington all had activity this year. Um, a couple of examples out of that group, uh, Colorado, uh, with a deadline of October 3rd for written comments, the public hearing is scheduled in November. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, putting up here that they can obtain prescriptive authority um, after completing 12 to 24 months of uh, clinical experience under the supervision of a physician. They have to have a collaborative relationship with the patient's physician. They still have to obtain written agreement from the physician. Um, so a few conditions in there, but again, they're looking at expanding um, their abilities. In Arizona, um, it's been passed by the Senate, still hasn't passed in the House. Uh, again, psychologists have to do this conditional prescription certificate. They have to do two years of prescriptive practice under the supervising physician, uh, and then they can um, prescribe. So again, a few conditions there. Hawaii, similar type of um, uh, rules that they're looking to implement, again, past the Senate there, not the House yet. They can prescribe psych psychotropic medications related to the diagnosis and treatment of mental and emotional disorders, few limitations, no Schedule Two or Three, no opiates, of course, um, but some of the things they're, they're going to allow them to do. Another collaborative agreement, so you can see where the states are going with limiting um, the types of things that they can prescribe, with making sure that we have these collaborative agreements with physicians, a few other certifications, training conditions like that. But all in all, you know, this trend of, of at least these states this year increasing their prescriptive ability is just something I think we're going to see more of. Thanks, Liz. That was a really great overview and thank you all for joining us today. As you can see, there's a lot of changes happening and prescriptive authority is continuing to expand. I encourage all of our listeners to reach out to your data provider 
and ensure the data you are using includes the latest legislation changes we discussed today in psychology and optometry. Tune in for our next podcast where we will continue to discuss trends related to other practitioners. Thanks for joining. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.